Okay, it's Sunday, June 13th, 2010. This is the Option Key Podcast. This is the Option Key Webcast. Stuff on Google. PC. Trev, you got Vista 64 yet? This router's piece of garbage on. That's probably the hyper-threading kicking in and the 20% faster per core. GTX 280. Google Docs. Not fun. Yeah, well, you know, you understand where Microsoft's trying to come from, where they're trying to change the file edit view menu. My money's going to be on, no, you will not have a problem. And, uh, yeah, I've had nothing but good experiences with it. Very big mistake if it wasn't backwards compatible, because, I mean, they got harassed about Vista. Well, in the business world, if your apps don't work, you don't quit. Because the thing here is, I mean, the apps are backwards compatible. Yeah, but we heard this all before. You know what? I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it lasted you know, five years, and I bet you. So yours will be better right now for rendering, but the i7s will be faster. I have with me uh, Tyler Ty, Trenton Ty, and Kathleen uh, Versteget. Is that right? <laughs> no, Versteget. Versteget. I don't expect to get it right. Anyway. Tyler works in the uh, print industry. Trent's a network administrator. Kathleen is a web developer who is currently seeking employment. So if anyone's interested, you can get a hold of her via Twitter, at GuitarCat. And I'm your host, Trevor Ty. And here is our agenda today. So HP... uh, Released a new printer here, uh, and the interesting about it is that it prints when you send an email to it. Uh, it. Go ahead. Well, oh, I just well keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, I just in my throat. <laughs> I can see a couple issues with this, uh, mostly with uh, people trying to overprint pictures from their uh, digital phones. Uh, My BlackBerry just has a uh, small 1.3 megapixel camera in it, and if I wanted to... uh, print it out at the full size of the printer, it's going to look like garbage. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have the megapixels required for that type of uh, output. Well, I just don't... Like, I... It's an inkjet printer, so I don't... like. If it were a laser, I could understand it, right? You want to, you know, print a text email to uh, your printer and get it when you get to your office or home or wherever but I just don't understand the uh, whole psychology around uh, having a printer that does this uh, taking a picture from a smartphone and printing out full size Uh, I don't know well I don't think it's just printers from smartphones Um, part of the feature sheet wrap list was being able to email photos to your, you know, a loved one, another family member, or a friend, 
and have it print out immediately. So if, say, you had a baby and you could take a picture of that baby, whether it's through your phone or on a camera that you plug into a computer later and email it directly to your mom, dad, brother, sister, whoever, and have it print out immediately for them. Yeah, it depends if it's like grandpa, I guess. Everybody so, else on Facebook. <laughs> um, Tyler, you work in the uh, print industry. You, What do you think about this? And <laughs> Dad, we can't hear you. Yeah, can't hear you, bud. Okay, is that better? Yeah. yeah. Oh, printing off of a phone. We take pictures and then we download them onto our computers and then print them out. So, imagine that uh, this has some print who I guess want to remotely print, but I think people ultimately want to see what they print out to make sure it's bloody there that before they start sending it away, right? Otherwise, people are just going to say, you know that picture you sent me? Man, it was terrible. Make out what, what you're t- trying to take a picture of. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with that. And I agree with Trent that... Um, you know, for someone like uh, a grandfather or someone who's not technologically uh, uh, able or understands it, it uh, would be uh, a good feature. But um, to have the printer on all the time for that kind of thing, especially if they're a person that, uh, with most older people, they like to turn everything off and make sure everything's put away all nicely and everything like that. Um, I just don't, I see this as a gimmick and it won't last very long. Makes me wonder how long term the inks really are, you know? Well, from our experience in, uh, well, I've had a print experience and, uh, Inkjets don't last very long if you have them on all the time. Yeah, that's the problem. Since it's readily available, you can spit out pictures, I don't know, 10 a day, 15 a day. Next thing you know, it's empty. It gets very expensive. Yeah. Well, printer ink's worth more than alcohol, gasoline, <laughs> blood. <laughs> service. Yeah. Printer service, too. So... And uh, nine a month, uh, you can print or receive all the pictures that everyone else is enjoying. So, do you really are you really the person who should be concerned about the cost of the ink cartridge and the actual paper? Yeah, yeah. I just see my brother just exploiting the hell out of it, making me pay for it. That sucks. So, I understand where HP is coming from with this. I just don't see it as a, a very good product in my opinion uh, well, well for me I think it's just the, the inkjet that they're doing they're not doing laser if they're doing laser black and white that would be actually cheap you could still get what you need to see it's like fast but not Yeah, uh, it depends on the quality you want 
Yeah, exactly. This is this, actually that's a very good point. This sounds like it's replacing fax <laughs> in a much more efficient digital form. Unfortunate, <laughs> yes. Okay, I guess it's, they're just starting with inkjet, but who's to say they don't move to laser? If they move to laser, especially uh, color laser, that would be very handy for uh, just about everybody. Yeah. I like that fax analogy. I could see a lot that they're selling multifunction laser printers that they, you know, you email a form to somebody, you email it directly to that printer. It prints out, they sign it, they rescan it back in, and it's immediately sent back to you. Yeah. I think that would be a fantastic feature. That yeah. would be. Like fax, but way better, not spammed. Hopefully. Oh, it'll get spammed. Fact spam. <laughs> well, one of the features of this is that you're supposed to be able to whitelist email addresses. Yeah, they're trying to prevent it, but who's to say if someone's not going to hack it? Everything's hackable these days. <laughs> well, that, if uh, you're not on top of it, you make a business contact, you don't add them to the whitelist, that could be a problem. Ooh. There goes that deal. But, uh, no, I like the fax analogy there. Just a couple uh, security features and things that need to be worked out. But, uh, you know, now that she said that, I can see that it being useful for that. But I just don't see it being practical with an inkjet. Uh, I can't believe they're charging you 100 bucks a year. Huh. Yeah, that's... That's kind of a downside. That's expensive. Yeah. But. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy it. Unless they got, like, color like color laser. Or, you know, um, black, black, like a black laser. Like black and yeah, white. Yeah, monotone. And, and um, maybe, maybe then. I'd maybe consider. And even then at a stretch. I just have high standards, I guess. Uh, if they had some enterprise features, that would be interesting. If they could tie in, uh, if they could tie it in with like Exchange, so that way we could create an email address for every site we have that has a printer. Because right now we have a manager that has to print a schedule for all of the staff at each site. And what he does now is he makes up the schedule. He goes print. He's got a list of printers. He selects one, hits print, goes print again, selects another printer, clicks the print button. Etc. Etc. And he does this, you know, for like twelve different sites, and he finds it grossly annoying. If each one of these printers had an email address, he could just attach the document to an email. Just we can make a distribution list that says like all sites printers. He could just fire it off. <laughs> Bam! They'd all get the schedule. Yeah. Does, does this uh, print the attachments? I'm not overly familiar with it, how it works. I don't have one. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I don't think it would print the attachments. You maybe have to copy and paste, but then he'll just compose it all in Outlook. Well, that's fine. You can copy paste Excel sheets. Yeah. So yeah. it's an interesting idea for technology. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. What about you, Kathleen? Is it going to go anywhere? Uh, we'd have to wait and see. I'd say if they actually do improvement, like, to what I'm saying, maybe you'll actually have a chance. Trent? Uh, I think it will if they continue to develop it. If this is it, and this is where it stops, then I, I won't see it lasting very long. Tyler? 
I don't know how it, re- how it replaces email. Now with everything becoming digital, digital frames and stuff for pictures, I just I, I can't see a use for it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like when Trenton was mentioning about schedules, why doesn't the, the manager just make a PDF and email it to the group who he's scheduling? Why, well, does, why do they print it out? Because there's 200 employees. And not everyone has an email address for our company. And not everyone has access to our, our webmail or internet from our computers anyways. So they just print out the schedule and post it on the wall. And should just put a LCD display or a digital picture frame with it. Which is cheaper. Yeah, right. Oh, well. Something to think about. Those poor trees are going to die. <laughs> we can use them for electricity instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll move on to the Windows Phone series. Um, so, Microsoft's been working on this new mobile Windows uh, OS. Uh, you know, I think they're too late to the game, but they're doing it anyway because they're Microsoft. <laughs> uh some of the things look good. Uh, they have some intriguing ideas. Uh, and um, they've recently released uh, some unlockable features. And uh, one of the things uh, that was uh, very interesting is they're trying to have it so this is cross-compatible with Xbox, your PC, and you could play the game on your mobile phone. Uh, uh, don't. <laughs> sorry. Oh no! Just keep going. Um, the whole idea about this uh, is so you could do whatever you wanted to do anywhere. Basically, you know, live in the cloud, and you have you know easy access to everything you want to play. The only difference is. Computers are so powerful now, and the Xbox 360 is so much more powerful than a phone. I don't... What do you think the gaming experience is going to be like on the phone compared to those two platforms? Yeah, disappointing. Well, it depends what it is. I mean, I played, uh, you know, uh, Plants vs. Zombies um, on my iPhone, and I had it on Steam, and I love both. You know? And it, it... it came across the platform very, very well. So maybe they have a chance. But it's a very simple game. You're not going to do Halo. No, no, I wouldn't. That'd be strange. But that's most of the games on the Xbox are high-intensity graphical games, first-person shooters. Uh, Maybe you could do World of Warcraft. Maybe. Uh, I don't know about that one. Hmm. Trent, what do you think? They too late to the game, or no? I don't think you can ever be too late to the game. You know, they're just starting up. It's a brand new product, essentially. See where it goes. Hasn't come out yet. It's tough to judge a lot of their features. What has come out is interesting. I like this unlockable API they're providing developers. Um, Apple was supposed to have something similar for their program, so people would be able to sell you a full or give away a program, and then you could just purchase additional features or have it time limited but none of that has come to fruition 
So all of a sudden, Apple's App Store apps are kind of stagnant. Uh, I wouldn't say stagnant. They're, you really take a gamble on purchasing them, and then you find out, okay, well, this isn't what I wanted. I mean, you got to go through the hassle of refunds, where on this, you've got the potential that you could download the app, try it, and if you like it, then pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks like it's trial mode. Unlike with Android as well, uh, you have to buy them right from the store first. Yeah, Android has a 24-hour return policy. I know Apple has a return policy, but I think it's more of a hassle to, to not, do. Not worth your time unless you spent like 10 bucks. Yeah, really. I mean, that, and that comes another thing, is that you're essentially nickel and dime to death. But uh, I think Windows Phone 7 will be interesting. I'm, from the videos and stuff, I'm not really a big fan of its user interface, the sideways, up and down movement of it. I don't know, I might just have to use it, but it seems, from the videos, it could be get confusing and awkward. I found that as well. Uh, I wasn't very impressed with it. Uh, Paul Thorot, uh from uh, Windows Weekly, he's uh, he, coming off as a big fan of it. Uh, you get issues if you give too many options for UI and way for displaying things. Uh, it can become too confusing. It's like the whole menu issue with uh, you know Microsoft Office. You can have 10 trillion different bedded menus within menus within menus. And you make one change and it can throw everything all out of whack. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I just like buying games like within something on the, like on the phone. I do that with my uh, iPhone a lot. Um, needless to say, sometimes I spend too much money in a month, but sometimes I'm very cautious. So it works out for them. They make extra money. What can you say? Well, I guess they have the whole exchange uh, platform behind them. But with uh, the way everyone's moving to the whole cloud, exchange will either become more... uh, Exchange will be more valuable or more of a hassle... You're a network admin, Trent. What kind of... Uh, how do you see Exchange tying into with the mobile phones? Uh, same, as, same as it does now, hopefully, with even tighter integration. I know the Windows Mobile 6.5 phone has tighter Exchange integration than the iPhone, even. And that's a great benefit for things like the calendaring, the additional notes features your generic email, stuff like that. So I don't think Exchange is ever going to go away because companies like to control their own email. Yeah. But a lot of... um, One of the main, well, shifts in focus with Microsoft uh, seems to be they're trying to do the whole Google thing and doing a subscription service for things like Exchange and that kind of thing. That's right. That's if you don't... If you're a small enough company that you can't afford your own IT staff or your own administrators, then, of course, you're going to go to features that make sense. And it makes sense for Microsoft to offer a product in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't afford it. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I managed to get into the exchange, like the exchange server for my iPhone for my student account at Nate. Um, they didn't release any details of how to do it, <laughs> but I really wanted it on my phone. I even, I even tried to go to IT and go, hey, can you help me with my iPhone? There's just like no answer. So it's like, wow, that just, that just really made me angry because I actually used my student email. Surprising, I know. That's not a fault of Microsoft's. No, it's a fault of the IT at Nate. <laughs> I just think it was a poor decision. Well, we'll have to wait and see where Windows uh, Phone 7 comes into the thing. But uh, with the way BlackBerry integrates, uh, Microsoft's in for uh, some really tough competition. And uh, yeah. with HP buying out uh, Palm, uh, these. CEO has been quoted that they're not going to get into the smartphone business, but then why would they buy Palm? Yeah. Well, they've got this tablet PC they wanted to show off, and Windows 7 just didn't cut it. <laughs> so you think it's a backup? They're going to use WebOS as a tablet OS? Yep. Huh. I think he implied that. Um, because HP's had smartphones before using the Windows Mobile, so do you think they could they all be also be using that for the smartphones if Windows Seven uh, series doesn't work out for them? Yep, HP's gone in that direction before, where they've offered two different sets of products, even ones that have competed with Microsoft. Right, their server products they had HP PA Risk for a very long time that they eventually killed in favor of Itanium, but I mean they offer Linux products. They offer Windows Server products. HP's not really too afraid outside of their desktop and laptop realm to explore different options. Hmm. That's interesting. I never thought about WebOS being ported for a tablet. Why not? Google's going to try to do a, you know, web for an OS for a computer. Anything possible these days, I guess. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it beyond that because... They were always with the smartphone, and HP's done smartphones before, so it was just a surprising thing for me to hear when HP was saying that. So, I find really interesting is I could not imagine people playing games on their telephones. However, when I was walking through a mall one day, I was amazed that this young man, I, I bet you he was probably about oh, 36, 37 years old, sitting on the bench, must have been waiting for somebody, but he was playing a game. And uh, I guess if there's a variety of games that are available, and you are a game player, and this phone offers the opportunity to play many different games, like uh, one reason that the person would select that phone. Yeah, it's like why I chose the iPhone. I got to have some games, I got to have some business, I got to have some fun. And so just a BlackBerry kind of just not as fun. <laughs> so that's why I chose my iPhone, actually. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they come out. Uh, I think Microsoft's around 20% of smartphones right now, so... It'll either rise or fall. If it rises, well, that's good for Microsoft. If it falls, that's not so good. 
Well, Windows, I'm sure Microsoft has the money to blow on this type of stuff, so. <laughs> it's... Pardon? You decided to buy a BlackBerry. You got a BlackBerry? Made you decide to buy a BlackBerry. I wanted to get my email. <laughs> Until that third-party server goes down. <laughs> Did you buy your iPhone? Hmm? Oh, you're talking to me, right? Did you buy your iPhone? Why'd you buy your iPhone? Me? Yeah. Well, like I said, everybody was also having one, and I really I had an iPod Touch before, so it's like a natural progression. And I needed a new phone, and it had games on it, and it had my Twitter on it in a very good application. No reason for me not to have it. It had the email, too. It was yeah. a good choice for me. Before you bought the iPhone, did you ever play a, g- a game on your phone? No, my phone sucked too bad. <laughs> oh. I I you never played, never played Snake back in the day on those old phones? Oh, the Carousia? 2002? 2003? Yeah, I think I did. I, I think I had bricks. Either one. <laughs> Trent, but you... it's not as amusing. So there's reasons why you bought your phone, and if you're a gamer, you'd probably end up buying a phone that plays a lot of variety of games. Most possibly, yeah. It's just questionable as to what the graphics would be like and the battery life if you're playing <laughs> games. All the games on the iPhone are relatively simple. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't really agree with that. No. They've got some pretty complicated 3D ones. Like, I think Call of Duty's been ported to the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I just bought Plants vs. Zombies, which is a simple game. So I can't so, imagine playing Call of Duty on the iPhone. Neither can I. <laughs> you gotta try it. No. Have you tried it? <laughs> no. I've tried other 3D games, though, that were 3D shooters. I'm not, I'm not, How, paying. I'm not paying for that. How did it uh, play? Uh, not too bad. Use two finger to move, and then uh, you could double tap to zoom, and then one touch to fire. Or you could set up uh, triggers and arrows on the sides of the screen, and you can use your thumbs and play that way. I've got Wolfenstein, Doom. Yeah. They all play pretty good. Um, what phone are you running? 3GS. No, just 3G. Nice, nice, and it's actually running well. Because sometimes yep. I have problems. Okay. Cool. Huh. So, if you're able to play that, then mm-hmm. uh, they should be able to integrate it fairly well then. Well, Microsoft's a bit of a wild card there. I know right now people are um, disappointed in Google's performance on the Android operating system for 3D apps, even when running phones that have superior hardware to the iPhone. I know you're talking uh, about Nexus there. Yeah. Nexus One has been disappointing for Google. I really like that phone. (laughs) I wanted one. How are you going to get one now? (laughs) No, but I still want one. (laughs) If someone were to give me one, I wouldn't say no. True. I don't think I'd say no to anybody trying to give me a phone. If it's, like, a good phone, I'd be like, okay. Well, it depends on all the different uh, 
features the phone has, I suppose. Uh, like with the Google phone, I like the idea about the turn-by-turn with the Google Maps and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's neat. But I'm a pretty good navigator because I navigate for David, my boyfriend, when we're driving. If he's going anywhere, so I just use Google Maps, and I'm I used to use old school maps for my dad around Calgary. So <laughs> I don't think I need to turn by turn per se. Yeah. Um. Because I think TomTom specifically licensed uh, something for the iPhone so they can do turn-by-turn. I don't think... uh, Trent, do you know if Google Maps does turn-by-turn yet? Not on the iPhone. Mm -mm. No, it's not spoken anyways. Yeah. It doesn't recalculate routes. It doesn't... uh... No, it doesn't do any of that. Speak it out loud, but you can track it, and it will give you a list of directions. Yeah, because <laughs> the TomTom app is supposed to do the speaking and the changing and all that stuff. Yeah, I have the TomTom app. Yeah, you like it? Uh, it's slow on my phone. Yeah, but it works. Um, perhaps the biggest complaint I have is that the GPS receiver on it isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. It's not great. So TomTom has offered an accessory that you can purchase that will that has an enhanced GPS on it. And that's also supposed to offload some of the processing from the iPhone if you have an iPhone 3G. So it seems to work pretty well. It works pretty well without it. Just occasionally, if you lose GPS signal, it'll shoot you out in the middle of nowhere for a couple seconds and then move you back to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the topic of the iPhone and mobile phone still, what do you guys think of the 4G? Oh, I want one. <laughs> trade? Yeah, I'm going to trade up. You want one too? I'm going to trade up. Yeah? As soon as it comes in Canada. That's in July. Uh, it's very thin. Quite surprised. It's a break. It's going to break. <laughs> it's got a steel frame. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, my little hand. Well, it's quite fast, it seems, anyways. Uh, and the new uh, iPhone OS seems to be quite slick. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new OS. I have an iPod Touch, and I can't wait to install it. Yeah, I... Like, even if I don't get a 4G, just having the OS upgrade would be awesome. I guess I'm just easy to please. <laughs> yeah, I'm signed up for the developer connection, so I actually have the iPhone OS Gold Master. Uh, yeah. I actually have an issue with my Wi-Fi not working. I can turn it on and off, but it doesn't see any access points. Outside of that, the operating system feels a lot faster. Everything's a lot smoother than 3.13. And you say you're running a 3G, so you can't multitask, right? Correct. Uh, there is a way to modify that, though, but I haven't done that. Hmm, cool. So, uh, I haven't downloaded it yet. I'm a member of ADC as well, but uh haven't had a chance to play with it yet. Too busy with some other projects, but uh, it looks really good to me. I was, uh, it was very interesting, the... Uh, Steve Jobs uh, issue on the stage there. 
that rarely happens at an Apple event. Oh, I'm so cute. <laughs> Computer crashed. iPhone crash. iPhone crashed. Yeah. Yep. Hey, he's got millions. He don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> he only makes a dollar a year. Yeah, I, exactly. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, and who's excited about E3? A little bit. I heard uh, there was a long lineup for Project Nail over Twitter. So a lot of people are looking forward to that one. Yeah, uh, Microsoft and Sony is supposed to be releasing a lot of stuff about uh, the gaming consoles this year. And a lot uh, more 3D TV stuff. Supposed to be released. Until that that stuff gets cheaper, I'm not going to buy it for quite some time. For 3D TV, seriously. Well, like, we just bought an HD TV. There's no way we're going to go to 3D, especially with $250 glasses you have to buy. Ugh. Yeah, can you imagine having kids in your house with that type of crap? Oh, my God, you'd be replacing glasses every month. Oh, sorry, Mom. I just stepped on them. Ugh. How about you, Trent? 3D TV? Uh, they have the technology to actually move it from the glasses into the screen, so I think that's the where you just need to wait for that to happen. Yeah, but you have an older HDTV, right? Are you? Right. Go- I imagine you wouldn't like you like me. We would need glasses if we wanted the three D. Uh, no, no, the glasses only work with certain TVs that have this technology enabled. Yeah. Right now, you. They're mo- they're working on moving the technology from having to wear glasses to ha- just essentially putting the glasses in the LCD screen itself. Hmm. Yeah, they've had a couple demos of that, right, with the double polarizing glass. Yeah. So I don't think it's worth it to purchase a 3D television today when you have to wear those glasses because that's just a big limitation. Yeah. I, I like I said, I'm not going to buy it for quite some time. Just I'm going to wait out and see what technology will hold. What about the uh, TVs that say they're 3D ready and all they need is firmware update? Uh, grain of salt on that one. You know what I mean? Can't trust it uh, full on because they haven't released it yet. So I'm not going to bank on something that isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's TVs are changing just about as fast as computers now, so I don't know. I know I know why they're doing the 3D and why they're pushing it, right? Because then it's harder for people to pirate. Well, right now it is, but in the future it won't be. Hopefully, so now I'm gonna have to buy Fresh Prince Bel Air on a you know 3D now. Holy crap! <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just tired of all the format changes. Oh, yeah. don't even get me started. Because mm. that leads right into the whole copyright thing. I have problems with the copyright thing. <laughs> uh, so, is everyone up to date about the copyright? What's going on right now? Because I'm just going to do a brief update here. Yeah. He's prevented the vice president day from uh, playing his songs. 
for the presidential candidates. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, John, anyone both both uh Sorry, that uh, there, Tyler, you cut out. Saying that that uh, Don Henley, they, he's won two apparently, um, to uh, restrain people from using uh, music that sounds like songs that he has written. Uh, how much percent is considered ripoff? There, there's like provisions on a copyright on that. Yeah, I think the provision is you have to change. What thirty five percent right now? Unless that's changed. Oh, oh well. <laughs> uh, I don't remember the percentage. I just I just learned it by media law class. That well, there is a percent for it. Well, here in Canada, uh, our new bill C thirty two. We're starting to be fed a lot of. Uh, we're starting to be misled, I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> because uh, the government's downplaying this whole digital locks provision, which has to do with the whole format changing. So uh, they're saying that, uh, yeah, you'll be able to take a DVD and, you know, put it on your iPod or put it on your computer but that's there's that part is true that there's legislation right now uh that in c32 that will allow you to do that but it won't let you do it if it's copyrighted no that's the stupidest thing ever i'm sorry you own it once shouldn't you just own it well that's the thing uh media companies have for Many years. Star Trek would be the best example of this. Uh, syndication is where they make most of their money. Because they pay the actors once. They film it. And then they just syndicate it. Right? They pay the actors for the episode once. And then the company, the movie company, just sits back and watch the money roll in. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld is an excellent example of this. Oh, yeah. They're just indicated like forever, pretty much. Uh, well, I believe Jerry Seinfeld was the only one that gets royalties from the syndication. All the rest of the actors and actresses don't get anything from it. Which is why uh, like uh, actors won't do uh, character uh, performances with you know, that they did on Seinfeld. There was an interesting uh, article that uh, said why Jason Alexander wasn't going to do a commercial where they wanted to do, uh, have a George Casanza type character in it. So, and it had to do with this whole uh, royalty thing from it. The movie companies own the rights to everything. Yeah. So, and this is just going to stifle innovation and creativity, and that's going to be the end of it. Then it's going to be all this open source uh, 
free content that's going to attract most of the uh, interest of consumers because then they'll be able to do what they want with it. And it'll eventually get better. A great example of this would be Leo Laporte's Twitch. Uh, his technology uh, podcast network. It's a very good podcast network, and I listen to most of the shows on there. Uh, ones like Security Now, uh, you know, the regular Twit flagship show. They're all really very interesting, very well done. Yeah. Let me ask you a question with regards to who owns the copyright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have an actor, let's use Star Trek as your example. Yeah. It wasn't uh, Captain Kirk who actually came up with the idea or William Shatner. Someone actually wrote it. Someone actually paid to produce it. Someone actually uh, hired William Shatner. Why would he be... Uh, given the opportunity to make any money after it's gone into syndication because they've paid him to do a job who actually owns the intellectual rights is it the person who takes the risk and makes it come to fruition or is it the people who are making the uh, actual show hmm. well it, it is should be the company it is the right. company and they're going to say it's right. Um, right. That's that's the legal version um, if you want your idealistic pie in the sky type, yeah, you'd go, yeah, they should have a right on that too. Sadly. Uh, a good but example. If, if they hadn't presented it to William Shatner in the first place, would he have ever come up with that idea? And would he have ever gotten, even though he only got paid once or twice to do an episode, certainly the recognition of him playing uh, a, a role in Star Trek benefited him in different areas than just Star Trek as an actor, for example. I'm not so sure that some of these actors are left high and dry when they when they do this, and now actors are asking for uh, a percentage of the gate, right? So, uh, I guess if I was uh, head of Universal Studios, and I was going to pay the $140 million to make a movie, and hire an actor who's going to get paid $40 million, and who doesn't put a cent into it, in terms of any risk, uh, I don't see him as being a beneficiary to any of the things that I can do with that movie after it's made its initial run. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh, my point before was being that uh, what they want from us consumers is for us to pay again for something that you purchase. Right. Essentially, they want to change the way that the licensing works when you purchase a movie. Well, actually, a, a relevant example that may be more closer to home is right now you're able to rip music and put that on your computer, and what you're doing is you're changing it from two different formats, from a CD format to then a digital file format, and they don't want to allow you to do that. So... If you have, like, say, a USB turntable that can rip um, records to music, they want you to pay for that. They want you to pay not just for that tool, but also for every song that you rip. Even though your quality may not be as good and what have you. 
even if he screwed it up, they'll probably go ask for the money anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just think this. I just think it's a load of crap. It really is. You own it once, you own it. Okay. I could go back to the times of VHS or even before then and go, I owned that. Now I have to buy it again because I don't even have the means to transfer it across. How sad. That's where the whole issue is coming from. Uh, you know, we as consumers, we've, if I really like a show and I chose to buy, like, I I like having the discs, right? I've purchased seasons one through seven for CSI. Wow. I like having the discs, but I've also ripped them all to my computer. That's illegal right now. Yeah, you're, you're going to jail, buddy. <laughs> but I own all those discs. I know. No, you don't. Yeah. Huh. You're licensed to use them. Yeah, apparently. To use them in the specified way they want you to use it. But then I can't put them on my iPod. Correct. Yeah. You could go onto iTunes and buy it from there as well. But I've already purchased it. No, you didn't. You purchased the DVD. But the same quality. Who cares if it's the same quality? Different formats. Yeah, and that's just what I'm saying. Yeah, why the why the hell should we pay three thousand times for the same thing? Really, it just gets kind of tired. I bet I'm gonna. I wonder how many times things are gonna change format in my life. You know, things are going as fast as that is. I'm 23. Okay, so we can imagine 20 years in the future. I bet formats will change three to four times by then for some reason. Why? Well, because of new TVs and everything else. So I'm gonna get ripped off how many times? My Only point. three to four? I'm going to... Yeah, right. That, that's me being on the low side. How about like ten? Yeah, I imagine at least a dozen. Uh, we're changing uh, web formats for video right away here with HTML5. It's either going to be H.264 or we're all going to adopt the uh, Google video codec that they're doing. It's based <laughs> off AUG. Yeah. I'm kind of scared about that type of, uh, you know, um, grasp on a technology like that makes it... I know Google wants to be more open than closed, but you know what I mean. Um, I'm fond of it. Well, Google doesn't own it. Technically. Not Vogue. No. They just donate a lot of money to it. Yeah. Uh, Because Microsoft and Apple own uh, patents on H.264. Yeah. So, if H.264 gets fully adopted for HTML5, anyone that produces video for the web could owe royalties to uh, Microsoft and Apple. Yeah. So, hopefully Google doesn't throw down their claps either, right? Uh, Google can't because they don't own it. Yeah. Well, they have a lot of money. You never know. That's what I'm saying. Sorry? How does that Mac TV work with this uh, copyright? (laughs) Apple has an agreement with the uh, distributors of television shows and whatnot that you can download it, and in their agreement, you can play it on any Apple-certified device, whether that's a laptop, 
an iPad, an iPhone, or an Apple TV. And does it uh, destroy itself after any period of time? Uh, there are rentals that you can do that will cause the file to destroy itself after X number of hours or minutes. Or days, as the or case days. may be. So, but you can purchase what they call the full versions, but they'll be locked to five desktops or an unlimited number of peripherals, including Apple TVs or iPhones. Okay, so like if if you bought season one of Seinfeld, you could play it on whatever you bought it for. If it's five or maybe you can even buy up to ten, let's say ten stations, right? No, five is a hard limit. Okay, uh, so so that's kind of their standard. Yeah, that's the that's Apple's standard from their store. And then so different stores have different standards. That could be an iPod. That could be a MacBook. It no, no, no. sorry. Uh, only five desktop or laptop computers, but an unlimited number of peripheral computers. So if you had ten iPhones, you could load Seinfeld on all ten of those iPhones. Oh, okay. So the five. Is just for the desktops or laptops? That's right. And Apple has one of the more open copyright arrangements. But they still lock you. To get around it. Yeah. Obviously, uh, they don't fall within what's required in that bill. Apple doesn't format shift. When you purchase like a television show, it actually comes with like three different versions of it. So it comes with one that'll work on your Apple TV, one that'll work on your computer, and one that'll work on your iPad or iPhone. Hmm. That's quite generous, actually. <laughs> and with the new copyright bill here in Canada, you'll be... Granted, Apple doesn't want you to break their copyright uh, protection, but um, if the changes to the digital... Uh, it built the C32, the provisions get changed so that it's not assumed that you're, what you're doing is illegal. Uh, it will change so that uh, it's not assumed as illegal, that it's assumed that you're doing it for your own personal use. So, um, so I just suggest people write their MP and whatnot. Uh, if they want to be able to format shift their content. so And read Michael Geis' blog. He does a very good job breaking down the issues and what you can and can't do. Yeah. And we have an interview on optionkey.ca with Michael Geis uh, if anyone's interested in listening to that. Mm. So... But our time here is pretty much up. Uh, I'm just going to briefly touch on uh, Google Wave while I have you here for the last few minutes. Um, really like what I'm seeing with it. Um, is anyone else on Google Wave? I'm on Google Wave, but I haven't used it since it came out pretty much. So I'm probably going to have to check out all the new stuff. Uh, yeah, it's come quite a long way. I'm very impressed with it. Uh, a lot of extensions have come out for it, uh, and you can easily make applications. It's so great for collaborative work. Uh, everything's very easily organized, 
I'm really liking what I'm seeing with uh, the new Google Wave. Uh, Trent, Tyler, if you ever uh, wanted to try something like that, I'd highly suggest it. Uh, very easy to use. I'm very impressed with it. I've been using it with a couple other people uh, right now on just a couple collaborative web projects. So uh, I'm finding it much easier to use than email. So hmm. I'll have to check it out because I don't know anything about Google Wave. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. I, just, I just remember it came out and it sucked. That's all I remembered. <laughs> Well, there was big hype, and it, when it did come out, it was just kind of like, nobody's on here, so why would I use it? Yeah. But uh, now that it's open, that kind of thing, it's, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing, I'm using it, I'm really liking it a lot. So, uh, things are very easily, uh, it's very easy to collaborate with it. I work with a lot more people with it. I usually suggest they sign up for it because you, basically it's like uh, text chat where you can keep track of everything that's happening. You can attach files and cross collaborate. It's really pr very slick. So anyway here, I'd like to thank you all for joining us. This is the Option Key webcast. Stuff on Google. PC. Fred, you got Vista 64 yet? This router's piece of garbage on. That's probably the hyper-threading kicking in and the 20% faster per core. GTX 280. Google Docs. Stuff fun. Yeah, well, you know, you understand where Microsoft's trying to come from, where they're trying to change the file edit view menu. My money's going to be on no, you will not have a problem. Uh, yeah, I've had nothing but good experiences with it. Very big mistake if it wasn't backwards compatible because, I mean, they got harassed about Vista. Well, in the business world, if your apps don't work, you don't switch. Because the thing here is, I mean, the apps are backwards compatible. Yeah, but we heard this all before. You know what? I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it lasted you know, for five years, and I bet you. So yours will be better right now for rendering, but the i7s will be faster.